0: Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this great night, the night of nights. We thank you, Lord, for your brightness that shines in the darkness. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to save and rescue us. We thank you, and we ask, Lord, that this Christmas we might See with new eyes and feel with a new heart all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. Well, welcome. Welcome here on this Christmas Eve, this feast of the Nativity. Here we are once again. Uh, This is my 37th Christmas by my count, Um, and some of you have experienced many more. One thing I've noticed is that the impact of this holy day for me is directly correlated with how I've prepared for it. And you hear a lot of ideas today about the holiday, how to make the most of it have the heart of a child to not lose the wonder of the season to keep christmas in your heart the world has a lot of advice doesn't it and some of it's good and some of it's not so good the real problem is the world's advice makes it all about you and me as if somehow you and i can make christmas special as if somehow you and I can keep the Christ in Christmas. In a sense, of course, we can, but in a sense, it's not about us, and that's good news. We don't have the power to add or detract from the meaning of Christmas. We just have the power of keeping it. And really, even that power is given by the Holy Spirit The church in its wisdom has for 1,500 years set aside the season of Advent as a time for preparing ourselves spiritually. We light candles. The light slowly gets more as we approach Christmas Eve. The darkness is slowly dispelled. But what does it mean to be prepared? What does it mean to keep Christmas in your heart the whole year round, as our good friend Ebenezer Scrooge says in A Christmas Carol? I found myself thinking about it this morning, and honestly, I found myself coming up short, really short. The cheer wasn't there, as I looked into my heart. Instead, I found fatigue. I found slight irritation with cheerful people. I didn't find goodwill. And deep down, I found sorrow. I just wanna share with you my own experience. I'm not sure that it'll be yours, but maybe something will ring true for you. I found myself this morning dealing with the ghosts of Christmas past. Have you ever found yourself dealing with the ghosts of Christmas past? Perhaps not like Ebenezer Scrooge with such drama, but flashes of memories coming through your mind of times gone by. Happy Christmases as a child. I think of those happy Christmases at my grandparents' home just next door here in Bay Village, coming up to the doorbell, that little nativity next to it, ringing the doorbell, my grandpa and uh, opening the door, those, those double red doors there on Lincoln Avenue, standing there in his smoking jacket with a Nautica turtleneck and sweatpants, He always looked so strange. But that was Grandpa. And he would always say, Merry Christmas. And Grandma would be standing next to him saying, Hiya, which she always said for some reason. The house behind them was alive. As a kid, it was everything I expected Christmas to be. And of course, as the house behind it was alive with people, I just assumed everybody liked one another. All the extended family, right? You don't know any better as a child. It's a happy memory. Or another one flashed through my mind, sitting there in the pew at 11 o'clock service Christmas Eve, singing Silent Night, and hearing my great-grandfather's voice, still knocked, going and singing the entire hymn in German the ghosts of christmas past these are happy happy memories for me yes but then it came upon me that all that's gone now some of those people have died others have scattered there've been relationships since then that have been destroyed the house is bay village is long sold In today's epistle reading, the author of Hebrews quotes Psalm 102, and I want to invite you to open with me to that passage. It's found in your bulletin. It's chapter 1, and don't get confused, because in today's uh, epistle reading, there's actually uh, uh, sections from chapters 1 and 2, so it's the first verse 10 in chapter 1. And thou, Lord, didst found the earth in the beginnings, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They will perish, but thou remainest. They will all grow old like a garment, like a mantle. Thou wilt roll them up, and they will be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will never end. The earth and the heavens themselves, Holy Scripture tells us, will be rolled up, thrown out like a garment, this passage tells us, like a mantle, like a robe. The Greek word here is actually paraboli, which is like a robe that is wrapped around you. That The idea is actually, you know, not, not pretty Scripture, but the idea of a bathrobe, right? So the, the world, that God's creation to him is like this robe And he says here that 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 will be cast off, rolled up. You see, the matter of the fact is that the more Christmases you have under your belt, the more you realize that Christmases in this world are very fragile. They're delicate things. They're fleeting memories. And they get rolled up. The simple matter is that Christmases in this world are ruined in some sense, by the fallenness of this world. They're disrupted by the reality of sin. People get sick. People die. Relationships fracture or are fractured. Marriages break apart. In more extreme circumstances, wars separate people. Harmony is broken. And I suspect that I'm not alone in feeling part of these things. And if it's up to me to be cheerful, if it's up to me to keep Christmas in my heart, then friends, I'm a dismal failure. And I'm broken. But thanks be to God, it's not up to me. Thanks be to God, it's not up to you. Look at Hebrews 1, 10 through 12 again. And highlight with your finger these words. And thou, Lord, didst found the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They will perish and highlight in your mind, but thou remainest. They will all grow old like a garment, like a mantle, they will be rolled up, they will be changed. And then we highlight again, but thou art the same, thy years will never end. Do you see the hope that's in this passage? It's not in the fleeting experiences. It's not even in the fleeting people or ourselves, which Scripture speaks of as a vapor that dissipates. Sometimes for me, the theological realities that I wholeheartedly believe and study and preach from this pulpit are lost on me. I was struggling through this this morning when Leah, my wife, reminded me gently, Sean, is this not what Christmas is all about? Is this not what Advent is all about? That God has broken through the darkness of our fallenness, the darkness of our illness, the darkness of sin and the darkness of death itself? Is that not what Christmas is all about, truly, at its core? I was pointed to the Luke chapter 2 verse 10. And the angel said to them, be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Think about this for a moment, that God himself has come down and taken the weak form of a baby for us. God himself, for our salvation, descended from heaven and became man for you and for me. That's what Christmas is all about. It all rests on God, you see, and not on us, just like the gospel. And boy, is that good news. Now, turn with me to the Hebrews passage once again. And look with me at chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus, writes the author, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering and death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. This baby, born in a manger, grew up and truly tasted death for everyone upon the cross. Continue with verse 14 of chapter 2. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same nature, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those through fear of death who are subject to lifelong bondage. You see, it's all about what he's done for us. It is Christ who keeps Christmas, not us. The profound reality of Christmas is this that God Himself saw that His creation was hopeless and mired in sin, and that the effects of sin have caught us up, have entrapped us, have bound us, that we had no hope of turning things around that we have no hope of turning things around in our own lives by pulling ourselves up from our bootstraps, that we don't have any hope in fixing relationships that lie outside of us, outside of our ability to fix, that we were captured by death itself, fearing death itself as the final end. And that creation, that that wonderful creation that God made to begin with to be eternal and loving had ripped itself apart. God was not going to let that stand. And so he came that first Christmas, invaded this world, made the difference on the cross, and became that sin which we had himself, took that sin upon himself on the cross. Again... Look at verse 17, therefore, he had had to be made like his brethren in every respect, that is like you and I in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make expiation. That means to cancel out the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered and been tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what starts with the incarnation of our Lord, the nativity of our Lord, the arrival of Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, I'm not sure what state you sit in tonight, how you're receiving Christmas, how you're celebrating Christmas. Perhaps this is a season of great joy in your life. Praise God. Perhaps... This is a season of sorrow in your life. Even yet, praise God. Perhaps, like me, you find yourself longing for something that the world cannot give. An eternal happiness. Praise God. If you find yourself in that last scenario, you, friends, are particularly ready for Christmas whether you believe it or not. You are exactly in the place that God would have you be, longing for eternality in a temporal and fleeting world. I love the verse to that hymn, O Holy Night. You know, the Christmas carols that we sing are powerful, partly because they're just good music, but also partly because they're so theologically rich just listen to these words. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh hear the angel voices. O oh, night divine, o oh, night when Christ was born. O oh, night, o oh, holy night. O oh, night divine. We have two ways that we can age with Christmas. Next year, I'll be celebrating my 38th Christmas. We can become hardened to it. We can see it as a cruel hoax of things gone forever, of memories and experiences fleeting. Or we can see it as truly what it is, dependent upon Jesus Christ, anchored on the eternal truth that Jesus came to save us, and that our desires for eternity are not wrong and should not be subdued. But so often, they're misplaced. I've been with my fair amount of Christians on the edge of death before. There's many striking similarities as you minister to someone who's about to die. But most meaningful was that of my grandfather. I was at his side, and he told me that as he was dying, he saw a door. There was a door up above him. And he kept floating up to the door. I'll never forget, he described it vividly to me. He was an MIT scientist, and he said, you know, I, I was perpendicular and, and, and you know, floating up to this door. And I kept pushing against the door, saying, no, no, I don't want to go there yet. <laughs> He had no, nothing to fear, but he was still feared the unknown. And finally, one of these times, as he was looking at that door again, he said, I heard the voices of my father and my mother and my grandparents and those that had gone before me that I loved, and it was like it was a party going on. It was like Christmas, it was like opening that door for that great reunion with everybody who loved one another in harmony. Just on the other side of that door. Friends, the good news of the gospel is that the arrival of Jesus here that we celebrate on the Feast of the Nativity, on Christmas, means that we have peace with Jesus Christ. But the accompanying good news is that in Jesus Christ, all things are restored. In Jesus Christ, all things are redeemed. And because he came here as man, one day we can go with him there, with everything put right. Friends, Christmas doesn't depend upon you. It it depends upon Jesus Christ, but so much as it does depend upon you. Keep Christmas in your heart, holding the things of this world but knowing that the things of the world to come are so much more. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.